0: Let's go. Hey people, welcome to this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I can't wait to get into this one. We've got another guest on the show, another past client. I'll go into that in a second. First, I just wanna share that update, Body Love Academy. The early bird period is over now, which means the 10% discount is gone, the bonus summer module is gone, and the live office hours. Now that doesn't mean to say that the course itself, this real gem, is not available. It is, of course, it's still here for you guys. If you join, what is it all about? You, if you join, you'll log in and you will have ten modules there for you to dive into. It's totally self-paced, so you could just jump into it and go hardcore, or you could take your time as you please. This is up to you because it's your journey. It's. I emphasize it a lot in the course, but it's really all about integrating, practicing the things that we talk about, the tools you learn, taking time to really change your mindset around your body and those beliefs that are kind of holding you back from allowing yourself to just enjoy your body. So it's sort of DIY, do it your own pace kind of thing, lifetime access so you can revisit, you can take as much time as you want. The whole idea is I wanna take you from the place that I used to be in, the place that so many of my clients used to be in as well, where we are just so hard on our bodies, just so critical, so mean. Like if I took the voice, my voice, the way I used to talk about myself, if, I, if a friend talked to me like that, I, I mean, they would not be my friend, right? Just very harsh and perfectionistic as well, and scrutinizing and honestly just draining because the amount of time I would spend thinking about my body, thinking about how I can lose weight, how scared I am to gain weight, what food I need to eat to lose weight or whatever it is, like, or how clothes looked on me, how I looked in photos, what guys thought of me. It was just draining, exhausting, time consuming. And more importantly, it was holding me and might be holding you as well back from just greater things in life, like things that you deserve, the life that you want to live, the life you want to look back on when you're this 80 year old grandma, you don't want to be looking back and being like, oh my god, what an idiot. Like, what was I doing all those years? And I was so cute. And I was so lively. And I had so much going for me. And all I was thinking about was how badly I needed to lose weight because my jeans were too tight. Your 80 year old self is gonna be saying, girl, why? Why didn't you just buy a size bigger? Why didn't you just live your goddamn life? So that's really what it's all about. It's about making that 80-year-old grandma proud when she looks back and she sees this transformation that you'll make, internal transformation, and how it's going to free you up time-wise, energy-wise, emotionally. It's going to be amazing. So now that the 10% discount is gone, that leaves the course at £249, or there's a payment plan option, and that is three monthly payments of £99. So definitely accessible. When I think about what What I used to spend ninety nine pounds on, I was thinking the other day. I was like, I used to spend that much on my binge foods or like my binge takeouts more than that every month. So it will definitely pay itself back in terms of the things that right now staying stuck is costing you. And it might not be something so obvious as food. It might be something that's less tangible, that's less that you can't really put a price on, like the emotions of staying in this low energy state, the things that you are missing out on, all these memories, parties, dinners, because you are not letting yourself enjoy your body, appreciate the body that you're in. So we got the payment plan. And if you're wondering, should I be joining Body Love Academy or is the 30 day more suited for me? I would say if your number one goal is to stop binge eating and heal the food relationship, I would, jump into the 30 Day Reboot. But if you know that you're really at the root of it is the way you feel about your body, the way you feel about your weight, then I would definitely say choose Body Love Academy because it is so thorough in terms of really shifting the way you feel about your body. And oftentimes that's really at the root of our food issues as well. So you know you best, you know which is the goal that you need to work on most. I will say 30 Day Reboot has some body image work as well, just obviously not as in-depth. At the end of the day though, if you feel like you need a bit more clarification on which one suits you best, definitely DM me on Instagram at Free With Breed and we'll get that cleared up. You can let me know what your main struggles are right now, what you've already tried, what you're working through, what your goals are, and I'll help you out. Now let's get into this conversation with Alex. As I said, one-to-one client. We worked together for five months this year and she really came to me feeling tired, unhappy, and just so done with her eating disorder and how it was affecting her life. She will talk about how her story really began with anorexia in her mid-teens and lasted eight years and involved a lot of binging as well. And it really just took over her life. She just started her first full-time job and so had this life shift where she just didn't have the availability even to have an eating disorder because she wanted to show up with focus and energy at work. So she knew she needed change. So after stalking me, she said for quite some time, she eventually reached out and we worked together and she nailed it. She has worked through this fear of waking that was really holding her back from eating more food and adding more calories consistently which was probably the biggest thing that she overcame. So let's find out straight from her, straight from the source. Here's Alex in three, two, one. Welcome, Alex, to the show. I'm very grateful to have you here. I'm so happy that you're able to make time. And um, I think it's going to be very invaluable for so many people because some of the things I really want to dive into in your story have never been spoken about on my podcast and some people might be struggling with it so I'm excited. Oh, no, thank, um, you. thank you for having me, yeah I'm excited too. <laughs> yeah. So how about just kick things off by giving us a brief intro to who you are. So
1: I'm Alex, I'm 24 years old and I'm from Birmingham and I am a trainee forensic psychologist
0: so cool such a cool sounding job
1: i know (laughs) i enjoy it anyway like everyone will be thinking back to the crime shows yeah that's that's
0: gonna be me in a few years you'll see me in the crime shows oh my god that's so cool i i actually remember when you dm'd me before we started working and you mentioned your job and i was like oh my god that's so cool i mentioned that in my in my intro yeah Yeah. (laughs) because it was something like um something about oh that you were interested in like the science side like psychology oh, yeah, side of things and yeah. then like ironically I'm training to be yeah, a I'm okay. yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so usually I, I kick things off with um some easy uh quick fire questions just mm-hmm. fun things to loosen things up so regarding work like what's your what's like the coolest thing you learned at work
1: oh gosh I think I think the coolest thing is like when you actually go into a person's crime and you figure out why they did it I think that's quite cool that's almost like detective work like you have to go it's kind of a bit boring you kind of like go through case files and everything but it's when it like comes to you and like oh these are the reasons why it happened like it's probably due to past trauma or like there's something there
0: and when you find it it's it's very very rewarding <laughs> wow It's sounds so interesting mm-hmm. um favorite kind of like exercise or movement
1: um I enjoy I quite enjoy like Pilates and stuff like oh tennis tennis okay mm. ignore that tennis <laughs> <laughs> I love tennis I've done it since I was a young tennis is my favorite thing so, to do are you really good at it um yeah I was in my teens also, I did it competitively like I used mm. to play um for Kent like cause that's where I'm probably oh wow um but yeah now I would just do it for fun now because I don't want to have that pressure I just but yeah mm. I, I I'm I'm okay I'm a decent standard <laughs> just being modest
0: <laughs> now <laughs> I mean, like Player for Kent County. That's pretty cool. When I was like twelve, <laughs> oh, still something. Um, how about how many languages do you speak? Barely one. Barely <laughs> English.
1: <laughs> I, I did Mandarin for GCSE. I can oh, say okay. "ni hao" and "xie xie. That's what, uh, xie." "Xie xie" means thank you. That's that's all. Oh, "niu nai," "niu means milk. <laughs> and that, that's all I can remember I from it it. The Mandarin <laughs> you, so you dropped it at A levels yes yes god yes <laughs> it was very hard it's like doing two languages because you need to learn how to write the characters and then learn how to say yeah. them so it's it's very difficult
0: <laughs> yeah I did it I did it as well um weirdly like I did it in uni like as my bachelor um but then I, I quit after a year and a half because I was like nah, this thing for me
1: yeah well.
0: <laughs> but um I'm like I was just like it's literally
1: memorizing
0: every single character it's hard it was hard yeah yeah I can write the numbers that's all I can remember <laughs> they're pretty easy <laughs> um how about what makes you happiest
1: I think what makes me happiest is um when like I take walks I think I quite I don't do them as much as I I should really like but I think when I'm you know take like taking my time taking my walk listening to like some nice music I really do I think that's what makes me happy just like being away from stress and just Mm -hmm. taking that time to like be in nature and yeah obviously if it's not raining or something but if it's Mm -hmm. a nice day then yeah I think that's what makes me happiest.
0: Cool I love that last question is my favorite of these questions your childhood celebrity crush oh okay
1: okay this is gonna sound so weird did you ever watch horrible histories uh i think i read like the books okay well there's horrible histories on CBC and matt bainton to anyone listening if you know you know (laughs) you can look at them now you're not even that attractive now i look back and i'm like why but but
0: when i was a kid Alex was in love Matt Bainton I'm I'm google imaging him I I can see how yeah
1: (laughs) I mean I don't think he's that attractive now but when I was a kid yeah
0: when you're like 11 that that was attractive (laughs) I can see that (laughs) okay so quick fire done let's just go straight into your story so let's rewind when things all sort of kicked off and started to spiral, what do you think kind of like started everything? And um, as much as you want to share, just like share with us what your journey consisted of up until you came to me, basically.
1: Yeah. So um yeah. So my my history is predominantly having like um, anorexia. So I had a diagnosed eating disorder. Um, so you can never really tell like when it starts. It just kind of yeah. like creeps in I think it was due to my GCSEs um, I just I think I just internalized the stress outwardly I was dealing fine with them but it would be I was putting so much pressure on myself to do well and was revising all the time and I just think that stress and like that need for control and like to do well kind of came out in my eating because I that's when I noticed like my food I was being a bit more controlling around that you know I actually started to like really think about what I was eating and how much I was eating and then yeah I remember I went on my first girls holiday that summer after we um after I finished my GCSEs and like I was that's when it started to kind of go downhill and I was like kind of obsessively dieting um for that holiday to look good and um yeah it just kind of like spiraled from there really um I'd I think I started, so I I obviously went into treatment um, for that. And I think it kind of like, that's when my binge eating kind of started. Like it almost started as, like it sounds really bad. It started as a way to like almost fake putting on weight. I say Mm -hmm. that in quotations because obviously if you eat a lot of food before you get weighed, like it makes you look like you you weigh more than you actually do. And I I know that sounds so bad and I don't (laughs) obviously recommend that to doing it for anyone, but obviously I was quite ill at the time. Um, And then it was almost like, then it turned into, oh, I actually almost, I say in quotations again, like doing this because it was a way of me to allowing myself all these foods that I wasn't allowing myself. Mm -hmm. So that's when obviously the binge and restrict cycle came and I was, you know, restricting for quite a while and then just binge eating back on the way. And so, yeah, that's how it's kind of been for years, really. Like I was healthy, I say again in quotations enough to go off to university but you know like I was just binge and restricting the whole time really and it's only since recently that I started my doctorate and um like I got a boyfriend and there were just so many things that mattered to me in my life that I just I, felt I just needed to change I was so tired I was so weak I wasn't able to concentrate and work I wasn't able to enjoy life and I just I knew I couldn't keep can keep doing this cycle so Obviously, that's how I came to find. I, I've been looking at Bridge for a while. I've been stalking. I've been, you know, <laughs> going into Niche mold just stalking her posts. And I was like, oh, I wish I could, you know, be like that. And obviously, saved up the money to be able to work with her. And
0: you know, it's been so worth it. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. So basically, you're saying that it's it was basically like eight years of struggling with anorexia yeah. and then the binging and yeah. restricting. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely
1: like. And yeah I mean binging is a part of anorexia people can say it's not but I'm gonna say mm-hmm. if you ask most people with anorexia they would have been or otherwise mm-hmm. they would die Do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it's a thing and that needs to be normalized yeah. Um, so yeah and, but people think they don't suffer with anorexia because they're binging but it's like nah it's you probably are like if it, if it right. is becoming that obsessive and you know controlling your life that much mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's it's been a long time
0: <laughs> yes definitely like as we spoke in our sessions like it's been your entire adult life
1: yeah and that's definitely something that I struggled with like identity wise we spoke about that a lot Mm -hmm. like most of the people I know who are my friends now didn't know me without an eating disorder like so that was quite difficult to you know almost be like what were they gonna think of me like when I gain weight and you know because they only
0: know me as this thin person blah 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 blah. right yeah so one thing that you said was so first it kind of seemed to start from internalizing the stress from GCSEs Mm -hmm. and then then there was like the girls trip so that was like between GCSE and A-level
1: yeah so like that summer you know you get like a really long summer because you finish your exam like early July so you've got like Mm -hmm. early July to September so it's between then
0: that it really kind of kicked off I would say. and so part of it because then you also mentioned like part was oh I was dieting excessively to look good for that holiday Mm -hmm. So it was yeah. like kind of started with the stress and then there was this part that was like yeah. oh, i kind of want to look good as well
1: yeah i mean like i think yeah i think it was kind of like due to wanting to look good i don't i don't even know where that came from i like i'm i'm not i've never been overweight in my life so i don't understand why i felt the need to want to do that mm-hmm. um yeah i so it did it, it was part of that but i think most of it was kind of control as well I think I almost let that be the excuse to let it get out of I I don't know yeah it's Mm -hmm. hard to like pinpoint now that I think back but um yeah that that was the reason at the time I I I thought I was you know being helped like oh like you know people people go on diets before they Mm -hmm. they go away like that's normal isn't it it's like oh no
0: (laughs) it shouldn't be so true I feel like it kind of sounds like it started with the stress side of things and then Probably the fact that you kind of fell into dieting that whole dieting world, that kind of got in your head, like okay, before holidays this is the diet and look good in quotation marks, like yeah. whatever that is. And I feel like even though you had been overweight, it doesn't make you immune to just like diet culture and oh, of course not yeah. the pressures yeah. of like diet having to look at any size. Yeah, you know. exactly. You can
1: be fat shame, skinny shamed. You know, you yeah, can't, you can't be. And diet culture doesn't have a perfect weight. Yeah. <laughs> Like just that's how it works. It 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 gets you by, you know, tapping into all your flaws and
0: your insecurities. So true. So true. <laughs> um and then you spoke about like in university, obviously you were also in the depths of your eating disorder. And you've told me many times that basically university was a really shitty time for yeah. you, didn't get the best out of it, like mm. totally the same for me. So what do you feel like um I guess that you like missed out on?
1: Like everything to be honest like I told I used to tell oh god if they listening, if anyone
0: I know listening to this
1: now <laughs> I'm so sorry but um <laughs> yeah I used to tell people that I was allergic to alcohol because I did <laughs> want to drink the calories um so I'm not I'm even now like I would I don't really like alcohol now that that is just I don't really like the taste of it that's just me personally I don't so I'm not going to be that person to go in, and binge drink anyway but like I almost lost that Yeah, I lost, like, all aspects of sociality, really. Like, I wasn't going out to, like, I'd I'd go on the odd... the odd night out but you know I wasn't going out to the pub I wasn't going out to you know when my friends went out to restaurants like you know and even if I did I'd have to like restrict the whole day to like be able to go out yeah. to it it just the whole time like all I was thinking of was what I was eating that day and how, how often I was going to study that was my university experience so you know they say this meant to be
0: the best years of your life but, like they were not for me yes. <laughs> but, oh. yeah, not. I always felt such almost such as like regret and sort of like guilt that I didn't make it the best years of my life, yeah. that I didn't have all these like really strong friendships from back then and all these memories. And um same with you that I I said no to like so many dinners, lunches, spontaneous eating out activities and things. And because of that, I try to kind of like spin it in my head as a positive because I was like, oh I'm saving so much money. I have so much money saved away. Yeah, so true. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. had so much money saved away because of that. Yeah, literally. I, I swear to God, I was probably the richest <laughs> student in the entire
1: world. Like, <laughs> I had thousands of pounds in my like, account. So oh I was my Lucky God. when my dad was like funding me. So he, mm-hmm. he I was spending it all on like food and stuff. Like,
0: nah, this is what not always going on. It was just staying in there in my <laughs> account. <laughs> It's literally the exact same for me. Like they gave me an allowance that like my siblings had had, but my siblings were normal at the time and would go out and drink. Yeah, so I just had all these savings, and I even remember one time I I was telling my dad about something about like saying no to going out with friends, and I think I said the excuse was oh just money's tight. Mm. Oh, if that's it, like do you need me to send you more money? And I was like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. But he almost like caught me in my little lie.
1: Yeah, like I think I don't know if there's a thing in eating disorder in like preserving money. I don't know if it's like that scarcity mindset, but mm. I don't know. It seems to like be a thing. Like right. seem to like not want to spend money like on food and stuff, and like on themselves. I don't know. Maybe so I'm able, to be able to relate, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I, was, I was
1: very rich at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> My sister was always like how do you have this money to like buy this thing or go on that holiday I was like I don't know I'm just good with money you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, no girl
0: know, broke
1: now but happy <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool so so you found me on Instagram you stalked me um so tell us then about the experience like working together so I guess for someone who's even listening and is curious about the experience of working with me kind of like from your side what was it like yeah, I mean I think to be honest, I'm I've come from a place where I've had so many
1: therapies in my life. Like I've been through all different types of things like day patient, you know, mm-hmm. NHS, CBT, hypnotherapy. I've literally done it all. And um so I, I'm I'm quite used to opening up about to to a professional. I'm not very good in my personal life. I don't really like mm-hmm. speaking about it to my friends and stuff. Um but to professionals I'm quite easy with opening up but. I don't know like you're you're just relatable and like you're just you just make it really easy even easier for me to like just open up about it and like that you're not going to be judgmental so I guess that that I think that's the hardest part of like jumping into any sort of like therapy coaching whatever experience is the fact that you're going to have to open up and be honest and yeah that's really difficult but like you know you make it so almost easy and and to do so so thank you for like making that part which is probably the hardest part so
0: much more easier (laughs) oh that's so nice to hear I always feel like from my side sometimes I even forget that for you guys it it is like daunting like I'm a stranger at the start to open up but I was just trying to make it feel like just like a conversation between just like friends but like me being the friend who's kind of been where you are and like I get it and we can just chat really casually kind of about these things yeah but it's almost good that like you
1: forget that it's going to be daunting to us because you know that that should make it less daunting because you know you've done this so often like to anyone Mm. like you she's done she's been there heard it like you know you say they're probably you know brids are not going to be phased so um so yeah (laughs) cool
0: Before we go on, I wanted to jump in quickly and let you know about something that could really, really help you out. So if you've been loving these episodes and all of the tips and it's been really helpful, but you need a bit more structure, then I'd love to invite you into one of my two signature courses. We've got the OG, the 30-day reboot. This is an online course that you can literally start today. I share the exact method that hundreds of women have already gone through to stop binge eating and feel quote unquote, normal with food again. So if you're so done with being stuck in this binge diet cycle, if you're so ready to kick binge eating out of your life and return to that relaxed, confident, happy version of you that you know is in there deep down, then this course is literally made for you. At 99 pounds, it's literally as much as I used to spend on a few binge takeouts in a few weeks. So trust me, it will pay itself back in no time. It is eye-opening and life-changing as one past alumni put it. We've also got the Empowering Body Love Academy, over 10 modules in a self-paced online format as well. You'll go from hitting your body, scrutinizing it in the mirror, body checking, fearing weight gain, to completely detaching your self-worth from your body shape or size, to finally feeling like you can accept and appreciate your body for all of it does. Finally, freeing up mental space for bigger, better things in life. This gem is £249 or get it in three monthly installments at £99 a month. So if you are ready to shine to reach your highest potential, just scroll down to the show notes to join the 30-Day Reboot or Body Love Academy today. All right, let's get back into today's episode. What do you feel like were the biggest things that you overcame while working together? Mm.
1: oh there's definitely a few I think I'll leave the big one for last you know I'm going to talk about (laughs) this but um uh for me it was definitely weight gain I've like as part of my eating disorder weight gain was an Mm -hmm. absolute terrifying thing for me I've uh, all the clothes I had were like to be honest they they didn't fit me they didn't fit me then they were baggy they did not fit me they were like lowest size of low Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um yeah they just and I was scared to like almost go outside of that um, I didn't want to I knew that people only knew me it this way I was like terrified of what people would think of me like oh just let herself go and all this rubbish so mm-hmm. yeah weight gain was definitely a fear of mine it wasn't put so much like having to eat more like it was just the, the weight gain <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know it, yeah. I think anyone would be, if you if eating food didn't result in weight gain I don't think anyone would have a fear of eating food it is the weight yes. gain, usually. Yeah. Like, so yeah that that was a massive thing for me and I guess that comes to the second one like having to buy new clothes that was definitely a bad thing for me like I remember this session having to tell you that I w- didn't want to get rid of these jeans I just mm-hmm. like preoccupied with these jeans like I had to keep them I liked the jeans yeah. I didn't want to go with them um but yeah I just I just kind of took it as a a place to like that I could go buy more clothes and Mm -hmm. you know just embrace my body like it is it is really scary and it feels really shit I'm sorry am I allowed to swear I hope I'm allowed to swear (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it does feel really shit and that you have to buy new clothes but you know it's it's a way of it is a part of the process and it's where you have to come over because you're not going to overcome it if you don't gain weight and and Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I had to just embrace that and just finally embrace that because it's been years of not embracing weight gain and trying to keep in these tiny little clothes that I was never going to fit in naturally. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: so yeah, I just so they were the one of the two like things that were obvious
0: that I had to deal with. But then the third one. Let's pause. pause, Fair is the next one you're going to go to the the big one. Yes. Okay, so let's pause. (laughs) Go back to some of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So the yeah, I love with the clothes that you sort of shifted the perspective and we're like actually this is cool like positive I get to buy some new stuff yeah but with weight gain overall I guess my first question is how did you and it might be just like a very obvious answer but like how did you know that you needed to gain weight
1: I mean I wasn't too honest I didn't really weigh myself throughout this whole I did before I started working with you and then I was I'm gonna give up the scales because they're just not helpful for me so before Mm -hmm. I started working with you I knew I was underweight anyway so there was that Mm -hmm. factor of it But then there was the fact that I was just always tired. I was always thinking of food. I was just, yeah, I was just so preoccupied with food. My whole day, would just be like, when am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? Is that too many calories? Blah, 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 blah. Just completely focused on food, exercise. That was my Mm -hmm. day. That was my life. Not very fun. Not being able to concentrate on any of my work. Um, Being anxious all the time. Being depressed all the time. Um, Yeah, and there are obviously massive factors that you're not. the the weight that your body wants you to be because it's just trying to tell you please eat something please Mm -hmm. please get back to Mm -hmm. a weight where I can work like where I can work optimally Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think that's when I knew and yeah I just there was obviously that fear like the fear was always there but I just knew I couldn't carry on like it I just I couldn't like you know it's even living with that hell of constantly being I don't even know how to describe it if you haven't been through it, but I'm sure a lot of you probably have just that nagging feeling. It's just always there. You just, you're scrolling through Instagram of food. And, you know, you're just thinking about food. You're tro- like, my thing was I always used to go on the Tesco website, and just go through all the offer pages for like hours. Like, that's really embarrassing that I have to admit. But yeah, like I would just be like, "Oh, offers of foods that I'm never going to eat. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, I couldn't live like that. I couldn't, it was, I was doing it at work. That's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, trying to write patient risk assessments,
0: and you know, I'm like, oh, I'll just take a five minute break and look at Tesco. (laughs) Imagine trying to explain that away to someone. (laughs) Luckily, I was literally
1: in. To as a disclaimer, I, I sit in a room with just my supervisor, who sits opposite me, so no one sits around. So I, at the time, I had free reign to do whatever I want on my computer screen without being found out. But. But yeah, it's it's obviously, if you were sitting in a room with loads of people, that would be really
0: embarrassing. Or if my supervisor came and saw me, that would be really embarrassing. (laughs) So it sounds like, you know, one of the biggest ways that you moved through the fear of weight gain was focusing on this, like, bigger picture of, like, how you want your life to be instead of the, like, micro little things that make you feel scared. It's like, no, I want this. I need to gain weight and I'm okay with it or I'll get through it because... I want my life to be more like this instead of how it is right now. I'm tired, depressed, yeah. obsessed, all that.
1: Yeah. For me, definitely keeping in mind, my goals were mm. paramount really in, in being able to do it. Like obviously like tools you gave me along the way really helps. Like I found breathing exercises really, really helpful. Mm. And like when I do find, ang- like when I did have anxiety, um, you know, just kind of like realizing that there's a reason for this anxiety and kind of like, you know, it's there for a reason. It's obviously, you know, been there for a while in my life and it's trying to you know protect me because if things weight gain's a bad thing and mm-hmm. yeah just trying to like rationalize my thoughts and just but yeah just keeping in mind my goals at the end of the day were were definitely the the main the main thing that got me through
0: mm-hmm. absolutely before you go to the big thing is I feel like another thing what is this big thing I know, I know. <laughs> suspense keeping people you listening <laughs> you're listening guys <laughs> so one of the things that you also I feel like was a big obstacle was becoming more flexible with food yeah 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 oh
1: yeah definitely I was yeah I I mean yeah I I just wasn't really eating anything like quote-unquote bad like you Mm. know what I would have considered bad you know like nothing unhealthy was there and that's that's what I would binge on they were my binge foods you know they were saved for binge times yeah so I had to like you know try and incorporate in and you know try and be flexible with that and also also like timings as well I was very rigid in my timings of when I would eat and you know mm-hmm. being able to be flexible like if, if my boyfriend said I wanted to get a takeaway that night like that would really throw me off in the past so he's been really helpful because you know I wanted to obviously have a normal relationship and not so at the start of like my relationship with him I would just I would be flexible with it but mm-hmm. for like days after I would compensate and like mm-hmm. you know try and strategically get around what how I'd been flexible that day but you know obviously I didn't want that to be my life so um yeah so just trying to be like flexible and then not compensating for that a- afterwards because obviously mm-hmm. that just keeps you in the in the
0: cycle really
1: mm-hmm.
0: amazing Yeah I feel like that's one of the coolest things about recovery and just healing is Mm. it just like positively affects other areas of your life like obviously for you your work your relationship oh definitely yeah it's awesome and then also so you obviously faced all these things and became more flexible with them but how did you do it like how did you get yourself to go from really strict to more flexible
1: god I don't even know I think it was like a lot of a lot of trial and error and a lot of Mm -hmm. like just persevering through like talking to you like obviously I wouldn't have been able to do it like if you don't have the assistance like a lot of the time you do need that almost validation that it's okay and like
0: mm-hmm.
1: like my my dad's quite supportive in in my dad and my mom and they're both quite supportive in um you know in in my journey so i would speak to them i'd be like oh is it, am i doing the right thing like you know sometimes you just need a bit of validation but mm-hmm. you know keeping that big picture in mind is just that higher self as you call it like what would she do what do you want to do in life you know I'm sure a lot most people wouldn't want to sit here and be like oh I want a really bad relationship with food or I'm not Mm. flexible, and that I can only eat certain amounts at certain times no one wants that no one wants that like if you keep in mind what you want and the life you want like and you want it so much and you you yeah you have to get through a lot of stuff to do it and you can have that help to do it but you know, keeping that in mind will allow you to push through eventually because the outcome isn't as scary as you make it out to be. Your head makes it out to be so much scarier than it is. And it might be quite scary the first time, but honestly, the more times you do something, it just becomes easier in your
0: mind and it doesn't become scary anymore. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Like, I feel like big parts for you, uh, like we're all these like mini moments of just like push through a bit of the fear, the resistance, get to the other side, prove to yourself, oh, I can actually trust myself. Oh, it's actually not that scary after all. And then that's sort of just like bit by bit built up. I feel like it was never some like overnight like one thing clicked or changed. It's just like incremental change.
1: Yeah, for me it was definitely incremental change. Like I'm not saying it can't couldn't change overnight. Some people that Mm -hmm. might be the case. Like, you know, that that would have been nice. But you know, I yeah, it was a lot of work and a lot of continuing to work at it. I think that's the thing that yeah I think a lot of the time before I would almost try something get kind of scared and never want to do it again mm-hmm. but it's like that just kind of like kept me in in like my eating disorder. so yeah. you know I had to continually challenge these things and you know I think dealing with an eating disorder is like it's it's just yeah it's something you have to deal with every single day like you know you can't you can't not eat and it's something you challenge you have to challenge every day and it's a very it's a full-time job <laughs> so yes. yeah it is it's something that I had to continually deal with
0: yeah um one more thing before we go to the big thing is if you're okay with me sharing it but I feel like one of your biggest things was you getting your period back
1: oh yeah yeah gosh how long was that ago now like I don't know how long it was ago but um yeah I mean to be honest I was I was saying for like how long was it before I, I was saying for ages two beforehand like I want my period back because obviously in the future having kids is something I want to at least have the option mm-hmm. to do um rather than you know not not giving myself that option so yeah I was, I was saying it for like weeks beforehand yeah I want this and then when it came I was like oh <laughs> I don't know anymore but yeah it just it did kind of hit me like a like a ton of bricks because I've just you know not had it for quite a while and you know like the instructor tries to tell you like oh you're done now like you know you you can't eat anymore you can't gain any more weight because you know you're done and Mm -hmm. that was really hard to get through um so yeah I think I went through a bit of a a wobble I would say at that point like I I don't think I like completely restricted at that time but Mm -hmm. I did kind of like not give in to all my hunger uh, which we will go on to because at the time I was going through quite a lot of hunger so I wasn't giving in to all that because I was almost scared that you know because my period came back I was done but then I realized that was dumb like I'm saying to myself like that that was really stupid you know I was getting back to being you know tired and you know it, it just it just wasn't the life I wanted to live so I was able to like push through that
0: again. Amazing it also just sounds like even like just now when you're saying you sort of like rationalizing with your thoughts and telling them that they're dumb and whatever is the whole way through there was a lot of awareness like consciousness of the thoughts like the different the eating disorder voice or this voice and I remember at the start and actually a lot of the way through for you you were just like it's endless it's this exhausting conversation and that's also something I hear from a lot of people but it sounds like over time the dominant voice became the more rational yeah. loving kind voice
1: yeah I think even now like I still it is still a more I still have to think about things consciously like a lot mm-hmm. of people can you know obviously just go grab some food when they're they're hungry and for me because it's just been so many years of you know not listening to my body and only eating at scripted times. And ignoring hunger outside of that, I still have to think, okay, am I actually hungry? Like, mm-hmm. should I get something? So it is still quite conscious for me, but I am when once before, you know, if I would have them thoughts like in between, I don't know, in between meals, if I would have thoughts hungry, I would just shut that down, like, you know, no, you're not, you're not eating, you know, we're not good. But now I can the dominant and higher self and obviously mm-hmm. rational me voice is definitely the more dominant one. I am able to tap into that more
0: than before. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well. That kind of segues me to the next topic because you mentioned trust and kind of for so many years, not trusting your body, your hunger cues and letting the eating disorder voice kind of just like lead the way and just like silence off any hunger or what your body's desires were. And then throughout the program, throughout working together, um, you're sort of obviously building on listening to your body, building self-trust. And then towards the end, I'd say what, like the third, the fourth month or something, something started to happen that really made it more difficult for you to allow yourself to trust your body so I'll let you take the floor and discuss what that was
1: <laughs> so yeah I, it's been I think you've said this on your story so a lot of people are probably aware about we'll <laughs> but yeah no I went through I- extreme hunger which for me was extremely extremely distressing but it is very common in people who have gone through restrictive restrictive eating passions um basically like it's just I want to eat all the time and in very very large quantities of food like just i would say binge amounts of food but when like obviously when you're binging like you're full you're stuffed but you're still going past fullness but in this case you're eating that amount of food but you're not full and it's such a weird sensation i don't even know how to describe it but like your stomach is full but like you still feel empty and you just still feel this urge to eat and you're still. Hungry, like you're mentally hungry, and it's really very very hard to explain to someone who hasn't gone through it, but yeah, so it was very, very distressing for me because it came of probably i don't know a few weeks into when I was starting to up my calories and eat more mm-hmm. it was almost like my body was starting to go whoa she's she's finally you know she's finally eating, she's finally giving away food like let's let's get the ball rolling even more yes. let's, let's get as much as we can because you know when you restrict um your body's gone through a lot of damage and it just needs to repair that damage basically. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of reading into this. That's why I sound like I'm coming across as an expert right now. I'm really not, but yeah, I had to do a lot of reading into it because it was so, 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 so distressing, especially coming from, you know, anorexia and, you know, I'm so used to just not eating hardly anything. So to go from that to eating thousands and thousands and thousands of calories, like a day, like I would go for a good couple thousand in a sitting really Mm -hmm. like I was hitting probably five six thousand a day at some point um just because that's how much my body needed and yeah it scared the hell out of me and I remember coming and I was just like really really scared about it and I did have a few wobbles and there were a few days where I was just like you know what I can't do this especially when my clothes started getting tighter and you know you have a lot of water retention It's, it's not very pleasant at all um yeah and so there were days where I would you know almost revert back like I wouldn't completely restrict but I wouldn't give in to all what my extreme hunger was telling me but honestly the only way to get through it is to eat your way out of it like it does subside like dramatically um yeah like it does like for me it was I I didn't really know when the point stops I wouldn't say I'm going for it now to be honest but Mm -hmm. I'm still eating quite a lot like I think that's just coming from a place where I didn't eat a lot at all eating a normal amount is is going to feel a lot to me mm-hmm. but I was I was eating a lot a lot a lot a lot, lot more than this when I was going
0: through extreme hunger and it was very very hard to deal with mm-hmm. yeah it it sounded like I mean every time you showed up to the session it was just like distressing and
1: yeah I was always
0: so impressed that you were just like apart from one or two bubbles, just like mm-hmm. pushing through and at that time I think you got to the place where you had enough mental strength strength to deal with it I think you said like there were previous times where it it did sort of show up yeah but you were too scared back then you just like pushed it away like and ignored it
1: yeah like I've had a couple relapses with my eating disorder and like I would say I kind of did go through it when I was first you know recovering like obviously when you first you know start Mm -hmm. to eat more and after a period of restriction I would say that my body was calling for more but I was not I wouldn't have been able to give I was like fully just go with the meal plan never never mm. more than the meal plan because um, yeah when you go into eating disorder services they prescribe you a meal plan which you know I wouldn't I mean if you're going through like a actual eating disorder I would recommend that but it's it's very prescriptive I was stuck on meal plans for years because of it wow. and yeah so to just finally like listen to my body and what it needed was really really scary and especially because it was in that quantities was even more scary Mm -hmm. like I just got used to trying to feed it more like (laughs) please give me a break but no it it yeah it was it was difficult but I knew it's I knew it's just something it would not go away unless I unless I just kind of persevered through it so yeah it's
0: incredible it's pretty it's actually like it's impressive of the body that the body mm-hmm. does this for you right like is there to repair the damage is there to just like take care of you despite you fighting it for years like your body never gave up it's just like yeah Get this bitch to eat yeah. <laughs> I know
1: I'm so I'm so grateful to it I'm so sorry Bodhi, <laughs> <for that. laughs> but um yeah I yeah I just I put myself through so much hell really and like it could have given up on me so many times like I was very ill at some points and you know it it still fought for me and so mm-hmm. I'm very very grateful to it and you know that's what it needed at that time that's what it needed so it, to everyone like listening like if you're hungry your body isn't just doing that for fun it is literally doing that because it needs that it doesn't it, it doesn't have a purpose to just trick you to just you know be lolling you it's not sitting there in your head going lo, 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 let's just make her eat for fun it's it's not doing that like it's doing it because it needs that in that moment like it, it might be everyone needs different needs in different days like you don't know what it's doing you don't know what it needs to do with that extra food but it obviously needs it for something and it's probably really important actually no it's definitely really important mm-hmm. so yeah it was just it was hard to almost tap into that trust though just because of obviously so many years of not trusting myself and my head so but yeah the body is amazing and
0: and mm. it knows what it's doing yeah so true it's it's just like i think i've seen it somewhere on instagram you know the parallel of if you're you know you have that feeling of like i need to go to the toilet you don't ignore it because you're like, well, my body obviously needs to go to the toilet, so you go pee. <laughs> but then yeah, for some reason, we decided to ignore this hunger signal.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they did a similar analogy like that for extreme hunger in one of like the blog posts I read. Um, it was like, obviously, if you've been underwater for so long um you know when you come up you're gasping for air like air. Yeah. and like it was the same with food like if you've restricted your food for so long like you're going to need a lot of food for a bit like your body's just going to need it like you're going to be gasping for it like air and mm-hmm. you know same with dehydration like you know if you haven't had water for days and days you're just going to want to drink water and water but you know once you get used to it and, and the water's there like you don't you don't need mm-hmm. it all the time anymore because you know you're allowing yourself to have it so it doesn't feel scarce
0: anymore yeah so true so you came out the other side of extreme hunger and um you also spoke earlier about you know for so long your whole adult life you had this identity of this eating disorder thing so tell us about what life is like now and who is alex now <laughs> oh god um yeah alex is quite quite dark
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know you can tell i, I work in forensic psychology i love like i love my murder shows Everyone jokes that i'm going to be that psychopath that kills people when we're older but so watch out but anyway um, yeah no i it's weird like i still think back to it at times i'm like you know you try and like think back to the comforts that it gave you but it didn't give you any comforts so you know i wouldn't really say it's still kind of like half there. Like I'm still working on a Mm -hmm. few things, but you know, it's, it's very, it's like 0.5% of me now, Mm. you know, it's, it's very low, you know? Yeah. I'm still, I'm I'm still trying to like work myself out. You know, I'm just (laughs) trying to do things that I enjoy, you know, I love to read. I love my, I love my job and I love, I love training and, you know, I love my tennis. I love being outside and yeah, it's just like a lot of that things. And a lot of conversations that I have circulate around that and you know what other people like and you know I'm not when I sit and talk to people I'm not thinking about you know my food and weight problems you know I'm actually listening to other people and enjoying listening to them speak about things rather than being in my own head because let's be honest eating disorders is extremely selfish yeah and, you know it's it's harsh to say, but they are, you know, you're constantly thinking about you and what you're doing and what all this stuff that, you know, there's such a bigger life out there and more people that you can care about and listen to. And yeah, there's just more interesting things to it that I'm slowly starting to realize. And it's, and it's really fun to just go through all that.
0: Love that for you. Mm. So what, okay. So if you had to say three to five things that helped absolutely the most for you in the journey, what would those things be
1: definitely like trust in like myself in um in you and like you know everyone around me telling me this is the right thing to do like finally finally trusting um so yeah definitely trust was a big thing Mm -hmm. um second thing was obviously like my goals I've kind of like talked about that keeping goals in mind um that was definitely a big thing um Thirdly, I guess trying to, I guess the people around me, like my family, my boyfriend, my my close friends, like they put in them, like thinking about them as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know what they want for me. You know what the life the life I want to. Spend to spend with them you know I don't want to I don't want to constantly be speaking about my family about oh well I've eaten that day you know my family lived down in London and I live up in Birmingham so like most of my conversations with my parents were you know have you made sure you eaten this today like mm-hmm. you know and they would always they were talking to me about how they were always um worried to come up and see me like in case I lost weight or something so that fears away um yeah so what I of said trust uh keeping my goals in mind like thinking of other people um definitely like the tools and like the breathing that really Mm -hmm. helped as well that has definitely been a big thing for me um I still really struggle with anxiety I think that's something that will take a while to go like I'm trying to work on it um yeah I'm yeah anxiety has been my big thing and it's probably a lot of the reason why I struggled with my eating and stuff so it's been really helpful in that I, I like to just just simple breathing has really helped me like if I know it sounds kind of like tedious and I always used to hate mindfulness being like oh god I'm not doing any of that but yeah if you literally just sit and just take a moment to just breathe it really really does help when you're in that moment so that's definitely something I consciously try and do
0: Mm um yeah I can't put my finger on anything else right now (laughs) that's four (laughs) those sound great yeah Um, I was actually going to bring up the the anxiety thing as well because like obviously that as you said feeds into the eating disorder and it's Mm -hmm. just touching other areas of your life as well that you're you know you're working on it so uh, apart from the breathing is there anything else that you're doing to help with your anxiety? Mm.
1: I guess like I I always forget like what it's called but that like five-step thing that you Mm taught like um You'll probably have to go through it because I can't remember now. I've got it written in my notes somewhere that I go back to doing it. But it's almost just like recognising the feeling and like like feeling it and like, you know, recognising that it's there, like why it's there, rationalising it. I I feel like rationalising, you know, coming from like a science background, you know, trying to like find objective, Mm -hmm. you know, reasons for and against. That does help me because a lot of the time, you know, my anxiety isn't coming from a place of truth. It's coming from, you know, my head making stuff up. So if I try and find, you know, because if, if you try and find ways to, to, you know, accept the anxiety, it's going contri- to continue to itself. So you just have to kind of like try and find the facts what is definitely true, um, you know, and, and a lot of the time when you find that, you know, it isn't, it isn't true and you can kind of just focus on that more so and kind of like try and move on with your day and just distract yourself really.
0: Mm-hmm. Distraction mm-hmm. helps for me as well, trying to get on with something else. Mm-hmm yeah I feel like a lot of the time we just assume we're just we don't even think that the thoughts in our head might not be true like it's just default that we assume it's just like true and then we never really yeah step away observe them and be like oh actually this is a complete lie or this is just like bullshit that's some story that I just kept for x amount of years and it's not really helping me so maybe I should uh not subscribe to that thought because it's not really helping me it's just making me feel anxiety over whatever like something that I think is going to happen in the future that probably wouldn't even happen
1: yeah yeah exactly I think because obviously it's something in our head like you know all of our other senses don't deceive us like a lot of the time like you know when we see something we see something like you know and if something's telling us in our head like you just automatically believe it's going to be true because you know that's just what's coming up but and you know especially like what diet culture drills into you all the time like that fuels it as well mm-hmm. so yeah I, I, I it's a work in progress <laughs> yeah yeah um, definitely yeah but it, I definitely like fueling yourself fueling yourself helps <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely to get the anxiety down if you're eating enough anxiety like yeah when you're not eating enough you definitely feel more anxious
0: yeah yeah I feel like I mean it goes back to you know like Maslow's hierarchy like one of the big basic things we need is obviously food how can yeah. we possibly focus on like building our career or like creating yeah. deep connections with people if we're just not feeding ourselves
1: yeah our exactly. brain just won't work it's just not possible like yeah I mean you can you can trudge along for a certain period of time but your body will eventually give up and I've experienced that now like my body tried for a while for me but then it was just like nah we are done with this mm-hmm. now we cannot deal. and it's obviously good to get help to get you through that stage but yeah, it's just, you need fuel, fuel yourself,
0: <laughs> like, please. Apart from anxiety, is there anything else that you're still working on regarding, like, food, eating disorder, your body image? What are those things? And, like, how are you working on them?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely still trying to work on um incorporating like what we call like bad in foods like I've definitely gotten better at that like but I have to more consciously think about that so I do have to make sure I do allow myself things that I enjoy and not let them almost become a fantasy food which would lend me up to a binge again so Mm -hmm. I like have to consciously think about that for a while um but hopefully that become more normalized um body image is still quite a thing for me as well um, I, I do wake up days and I feel okay in my body, you know, I wouldn't say I love it at the moment. Um, I can I can appreciate aspects of it and but I'm more just kind of like appreciating what it can do for me. Like it allows me to, you know, live the life I want to live, to have the concentration, to, you know, go play tennis and not feel uh completely dead afterwards. So so yeah, I'm just trying to be more appreciative of it. But obviously mm-hmm. there are some days where I still wake up and feel really bad, but I almost think that's quite normal. Mm-hmm. Um I, t- I tell you all the time, like, you know, I've got a booty now and <laughs> it is, it is there. And, and we like that.
0: <laughs> it, we we like the bomb. <laughs> I love it. I feel like anyway, being at like, the end goal doesn't have to be just like, Oh my God, I love everything about my body. Nice. It's like, that sets us up for failure because our body is ever changing. So we have to keep changing the way we love the external things on our body like we're gonna have wrinkles so, so then we have to learn to love them and then like this changes that sacks this stretches yeah, exactly. whatever so it's like it's so much more sustainable to just be like Accepting. I appreciate the things my body does because my body yeah. is not this project that needs to be fixed or that has to look pretty or like palatable it's just it's literally there as this functional thing that just like carries us around the world so yeah they're and all I- good bodies right
1: yeah I'm not aiming for like complete body love like you know Mm -hmm. I've never I don't think I'm ever gonna Well, I don't know we'll see but I don't I don't think I'm ever gonna like I just want to appreciate it you know because my body's gonna change in life you know if I get to a point where I like it and then it changes
0: for some Mm -hmm. reason
1: or another then you know that's just gonna make me feel bad again so you know if I can just go okay my body's happy where it is right now it's healthy I'm feeling it I can
0: do the things I want to do
1: then then we're good
0: yeah definitely (laughs) So imagine you, uh, let's say like a year ago Mm. and then you now, what would you tell that Alex a year ago? Like what advice, what what wise words would you tell her?
1: Gosh, I I, I guess I just tell her to stop like worrying about absolutely everything. Like, yeah, just stop over worrying about things that people don't care about. Like if I'm being honest, people don't care about your weight. They really, really don't. They yeah they don't care about what grades you get they don't care about you know what food you're eating that day they they really don't I know Instagram kind of makes what people doing stupid full days of eating like if I'm being honest no no one cares I do not care what your full day of eating is like great good for you but you know no one just no one cares okay they just don't and like I used to worry about all the silly little things like you know what I was eating my weight you know what grades I was getting you know how much I was working you know what you know if I was doing x and y healthy thing that someone promoted to I don't know you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I was just in a constant state of anxiety and you know by by like well firstly eating more and getting to myself you know in in a more rational mindset I was able to like recognize that these things just don't matter they don't you know people we're we're egotistic beings we all just think of ourselves Mm -hmm. you know people aren't worrying about you they're worrying about themselves and what they're worried and then they're probably worrying what you're thinking about them but you're not worrying about them because you're worrying about what they're thinking about you so it's just a cycle but no one no one cares just do you and 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 be happy because overthinking is a killer and and it's and it's horrible and I can relate to that but it's going to get you nowhere at the end of the day like unless it's something you can change and work towards and obviously this is something that I could change and work towards by getting the help, then it's, it's not worth worrying about really like, you know, just control the controllables is always quite
0: a saying that I like. Yeah. That is a good one. Mm. Do you feel like if you say like the wiser, even more relaxed version of you in a year's time, would anything that you just said apply to you now? Oh yeah, that you could like continue. I, mean, I to just run. said all that, and I still do it.
1: <laughs> I said all that, and I, I still do overthink a lot of things. Um, yeah, I, I'm a very big overthinker at the moment. So yeah, maybe in a year I'll probably be better at that. So yes, that will be applicable to me in a year's time. So Alex, if you're listening in a year's time, I hope you're a bit more chill than you're now. <laughs> um,
0: okay. So last thing is, if anyone wanted to reach out to you how could they find you if if something about your story really like resonated and they're like I need to just ask her this question how could they find you
1: (laughs) oh um yeah I guess you could like find me on Instagram or um Mm -hmm. I think what was my thing Lily Alexandra um
0: I'll put it in the show notes
1: yeah put it in the show just yeah (laughs) honestly like I'm happy to speak about anything that I went through um I'm quite open about it um yeah, I'm. I'm happy. I'm happy to speak if anyone. If anyone really wants to, or if you want to chat, chat crime shows. I'm totally down as well. I love a good merger
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing so yeah, openly.
1: Inviting me.
0: <laughs> yes, it's been amazing hearing your story. Amazing, uh, just seeing like how far you've come, well, how you. many fears you faced, how many obstacles you overcame. When it could have been so much easier to just go back to where you were you like kept pushing so proud of you and Absolutely. so grateful I got to work with you and see your uh, transformation could kind have of done it with your help so I'm very very grateful to you oh, amazing well thanks so much and thank you to everyone for tuning in and that's the scoop for today I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. I'm always open for feedback and let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast because after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.